what we did was so evergreen. And you're able to repurpose it, repackage it, dice it, slice it, and use it in focused and target marketing. Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. And today I am visiting with Jay Rosen, and we're going to talk about how Jay has found the power of podcasting as a new component to marketing, social media marketing, and getting the word out. So, Jay, first of all, it's great to have you as a guest. Nice to be here, Tom. Jay, what's your uh, current role? Currently, I am the vice president of business development for a company called Affiliated Monitors, which is based in Boston, but we do business both nationally and globally. So, Jay, you and I did almost two years of a monthly podcast series that focused on the people and services of affiliated monitors. And I wanted to visit with you about what that experience was like for for you, not only from a marketing experience, but really from how you were able to use that in overall business development. Great question, Tom. And what having the individual podcast allowed us to do was to really focus on certain parts of our business. So at the time when we were in the marketplace, there may not have been a lot of people out there who were familiar with our core sales opportunity, which was helping companies do ethics and compliance assessments. So together with you and in this series that we did for two years, we really went into the nuts and bolts of what it means to be an integrity monitor and how that works. And then we looked at different subcategories that we dealt with whether it was doing things for the military with suspension and debarment or doing opportunities with antitrust. But basically, by really setting up these monthly podcasts with you and introduce ourselves, but we had five segments during that month so we could string them together and really allow people to get a full vision of the kind of help that we can offer them at Affiliated Monitors. Jay, there was one other thing that I wanted to raise with you, and it it came up for me as sort of a surprise. And one month, we focused on healthcare, a core business of affiliated monitors. And we had a couple of your directors on, as I recall, it was Jesse Kaplan and Catherine. And the first two episodes, we got the biggest numbers we have ever gotten for up to that time for an affiliated monitors podcast on the first two episodes. And so I wanted to ask you from your business development perspective, what does it mean when you get really significantly higher numbers on one subject matter? Does that indicate that the marketplace wants more information? Does that mean that there's a perhaps a market opportunity? How can you, you as a marketing and business development person use numbers to help you guide your message of business development? In terms of looking at those numbers when they came out and they were so eye-popping, I think initially both you and I thought that maybe we had discovered a service offering that we maybe had been underrepresenting in our marketing outreach at Affiliated Monitors. So I think going forward from that point on, we started to figure out how can we be a bit more balanced as we promote what we can do at Affiliated. And 
the folks who you've met over the years are just so talented and you know that lots of them come from the government from the DOJ and use more of the healthcare team and get them more acclimated in terms of having the talking faces at AMI founder Vin Siani and my colleague Eric Feldman they're really adept at this stuff and they can get on and talk on a moment's notice but what we took this opportunity for was to kind of train up the folks who were on the team, they had the knowledge, but they may not have the comfort dealing with podcasts. So I think that allowed us to leverage that opportunity going forward. Jay, that last point I found to be almost as significant as really getting the message out. And that is that you take very talented people who are very well-versed in their subject matter expertise, but may not be polished speakers. They may not have 30 or 60 second elevator pitch, that may not be their strength of communicating, but through your work internally to prepare them for the podcast, it seems like to me, you've given them a message that they can be very comfortable with. They've practiced a few times and then they've done it essentially live on a podcast. So we get feedback as to whether it works. I wanted to maybe ask you to expound upon I don't want to say training people to talk, but you mentioned two of your principals at AMI, uh, Vin Diciana and Eric Feldman, who have traditionally been the speaking faces. But through this podcast program that you engaged in and it expanded after you ended the five-part series, we'll get into that in a little bit, but how you've really been able to use that to help people become more comfortable with having a short, succinct, directed message they can articulate about affiliated monitors. So you bring up a good point, Tom, that it's not only just, it pays dividends on the podcasts, but what my message and our message internally to our folks are that they are just so well-versed and so talented, there's nothing to be afraid of, right? A couple of weeks ago after the Monaco memo, you had Vin come in and just really go through and take a deep dive with you. And there was no rehearsal or there's no practice, the red light goes on and the mouth opens up and the information flows out. So not only were we able to use this as something for that series that we're going to talk about moving forward, but we're also trying to train up even the junior people and saying, look, as part of your daily business development, you have a story to tell and AMI has a story to tell. And when you put that all together, you have a story to tell about what you do here at AMI and why you love going to work every morning. So we really tried to remove those barriers of entry and trying to say, look, it doesn't matter what level you are in staff. It doesn't matter what you do, but personalize your experience at AMI and that enthusiasm will come through to the people who want to watch. So I mentioned that the five-part series, that series ended, but the thing that I also wanted to visit with you about is you didn't end using the podcast strategy as part of your overall marketing strategy. You actually took it in new and different ways for AMI. And so I wanted to maybe explore that second part that you used and two things about it that struck me immediately. The first series, I was the host and I was the producer and I got it up and running, but then you took all of that in-house. And so you were able to obviously learn how to do it. And then you put out a- well, Not do it as well as you do it, Tom, but we made a stab at it. But you put out a product that was able to focus on some of the individuals at AMI, some of the new people that came on board, obviously, 
important topics as they arose. Eric Feldman had a series where he talked about developments from the Department of Justice, but you also interviewed other persons in our field. So you had guests come on. And so what I wanted to ask you, Jay, is how you and AMI were able to sort of evolve in not only your thinking, but also your abilities to take different styles of podcasts, different types of podcasts, and put together a package where you continue to keep AMI in the ear of of the consuming public and the compliance community? That's a wide one to dive into. I think the first thing that became very well aware to myself and the team at AMI was the content that we created with you was really evergreen. So it may not have the latest Monaco document or missive that came from DOJ, but on the whole, we were still talking about the subject matter of putting together ethics and compliance assessments and how you do that and how you work with a monitor. So that part of the equation didn't change. So we realized that we had evergreen material that we could put up on our website and leverage at Expert Series with Tom Fox. And then we created some of our own stuff. And then Vin even created his label called Integrity Through Compliance. So although the message changed and although maybe the formatting changed, at the core of it was still what we did at AMI and how we could help people. And I think one thing that we did might have been right before the holidays last year is we did We're Not Your Father's AMI, and you hosted that. And again, we really put the spotlight on our folks who do things in antitrust, who do things in suspension and debarment, who do things with the Department of Justice. And we took five different individuals who you might look at as practice leaders. And just to jump back to a point before when we were talking about Eric and Vin, We've really developed another level of folks who can get out there and talk on a dime. So, you know, that's been something that you've been very supportive of, and we thank you for that. So you said a couple of things in there I want to follow up on, because I think they're really important for the media person, the social media marketing person, or or the CMO, and that's the evergreen nature of podcasts. You are literally still using podcasts we created two, three years ago in targeted marketing going forward because what we did was so evergreen and you're able to repurpose it, repackage it, dice it, slice it, and use it in focused and target marketing. It exists on the AMI website and it's still valuable content as well. And it also strikes me that it's an incredibly cost-effective tool for you because if you want to slice and dice something you did a couple of years ago in a different way for a different reason, Today, it doesn't cost you anything but your time. So the evergreen nature of what we created at AMI, I think, is a really powerful tool. The other thing is that, as I mentioned, you have experimented with a variety of different show formats, and that even to the point where one AMI employee, Scott Garland, who was essentially a former compliance professional, when he was with the Department of Justice, was able to come in and talk about his experience as a compliance officer in the Department of Justice, as opposed to his work at AMI. So I really wanted to use that instance to ask you how you've been able to strategically place AMI personnel on other podcasts and use other people's podcasts to leverage the message of AMI as well. 
Yeah, I think this was just kind of an organic follow through that Vin is out in the marketplace and somebody at a law firm would say, Vin, would you like to do a podcast on X subject matter? And what our brainstorm came up with, again, touching on the point that it's ones and zeros and it's only our effort can bind us from not doing things. So that law firm, we allowed them to host it on their platform. And then what we did is on the AMI platform, we made our own banner and we put together the subject matter. So it was almost completely different branding, but it was still the law firm and it was us. And then I, the idea hit me and it, there should be no ownership, right? When somebody does a podcast, it doesn't say who owns that podcast. It is a podcast. So we started to think, okay, well, now if we partner with law firms and if we you know, put it on our website and we still bounce it over to your compliance podcast network, we're almost getting an additional turn on it than what we created. So now we've got the legacy stuff. We've got stuff that our colleagues do. You've got a great thing with Mikhail Reader Gordon, which is a wire card, which just came up with series three. And then we have these run right now yesterday or earlier this week, we dropped something on how you work with inspector generals. The week before that, we did how you work with attorneys general. And now we have different things coming along between now and the end of the year, looking at ethics and compliance. So all that thing was really spurred three or four years ago when we started doing this with you. And we just realized that, you know, the ceiling is limitless. It's just really our imagination. You know, how do we get people to find enough time to record a podcast? So that brings up another thing, which is the ability, once you have a audio or video recording, that's yours to slice and dice any way you want. And one thing I've seen you do, Jay, is you and your colleagues will utilize one recording multiple ways and multiple times by creating special social media campaigns around one clip or one idea or one audio clip, for instance. And so the having all of that available to you as a marketing and business development person is also in your catalog now and, and how you guys have been able to do that as well. The last thing, Jay, I wanted to really, we've touched on this several times, but I want to explicitly bring it out, which is when you or AMI, I should say, brings on a new director or other employee, you want to get the message out. This person is at AMI. Here's why we had the confidence to hire them. And we want to communicate their subject matter expertise to you. And you really feature each new employee. You feature them on an internal podcast. I've had several of them on. You've had them on other podcasts. And I wanted to specifically ask you how you're able to use the podcast format to feature new employees, what are new directors, and not only their subject matter expertise, but perhaps how AMI is going to use that subject matter expertise in a new and creative way in the overall monitor space? Good question. We've been very lucky to have a very strong partnership with you. You've been incredibly supportive. And especially with the last two hires, you know, not only did you feature them on a daily podcast, but you found a kernel of what was interesting of, about them. And you brought Audrey Harris on for a four-part compliance life. And then as we were just talking to with Scott Garland, you did the same thing. So I don't really know if I can take much credit. I can take credit for having a great friendship and a great business partnership with you. 
but you've been incredibly generous with your time and helping us really navigate our way. And we're just excited. You know, the other thing I would say is people write a standard press release, right? And your press release is like somebody's CV with a couple things and can quote. And we realize we can bring that person together to light much easier if we do that, that has some type of media component, whether it's a podcast or a video pod. But those things, people will, at the end of the day, net net, they'll get the same information. But it's a lot more interesting and painless if you do it in 10 to 15 minutes of a podcast than if somebody's got to read through a announcement and then click through a website. And there, there's just too much to it. Whereas if you do it with the pod, it's here and now and the information's out there. You don't have to wait for anything. So Jay, this episode is going to go up before the podcasting for business conference. And I wanted to end with tying it into my talk. And my talk is on distribution channels. And you mentioned when discussing the law firms that have interviewed Vin or others at AMI, how you are able to leverage the law firms own distribution channels, obviously the affiliated monitors distribution channel and cross-posting it on the compliance podcast network. So you were able to literally exponentially expand your reach beyond either AMI, beyond the company or law firm that recorded the podcast into different channels. So I wanted to maybe ask you about how people could think about podcasts as a tool that could be distributed in many different channels and the power of that for someone like yourself. Yeah. I would say, think about the fact that that podcast that you've made has somewhere where it lives, whether it's on your own internal you know, website, whether it's using something like Apple Podcast or Kratos or, or one of the other types of things. But wherever it sits, realize it's just kind of like a placeholder, right? And you're not really going to always get people to come to your website. So I have these kind of different levels that we go. And, you know, my first two kind of people or services that I go to are LinkedIn and then Twitter. And I don't do Facebook because I feel that's a little bit too, it's too much dealing with your own personal life. And it's not as serious as, as a business place where you should do it. So once I do that, I have my graphics team create a banner ad. And the banner ad basically says, join us for episode 28 of da 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 and go to the da, 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 podcast. Then what we do is we will put that up on LinkedIn and we'll put that up on Twitter and we'll actually put a hard link in that right to our website. So now we're driving people to the website. We're letting people watch directly on LinkedIn or watch directly on Twitter. And then if it's in conjunction with a law firm or a different consulting firm, then we'll do that. And you know, the last thing we just had something that Scott participated in with Ascent and it was about conflict minerals. And they had initially reached out to me and I realized that Scott would just be better versed in this. So I made the introduction of Scott to the folks at Ascent, to Jared, to some other folks there. And once again, now we have a podcast. So it really is me thinking about, you don't have to be proprietary about this the pie's getting bigger. There's more and more podcasts. So if somebody doesn't want to allow you to host it on your website, that's fine. There's other ways digitally that we can expose this. But really think about how do you share and how do you bring partnerships to people? 
Because if you're introducing people at the party and they don't know each other, but now they do, you're taking a whole nother level because now you've become a digital connector and you're connecting companies and services. Well, Jay, I wanted to uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me. I hope my audience will check out the Podcasting for Business conference that One Stone Creative and myself are putting on in November. We're going to link to that in the show notes. And thank you again for uh, this podcast, Jay. Thanks, Tom. It's always fun getting together. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review. 